you should not feel more fraternity to people we watch football with on Sunday than the church family. We should not feel more fraternity with the groups we're connected to on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter than we are with the church family. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the faith. Well, we're here with another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, coming to you live from the Batcave, way down here, down under. And I don't know where Jesse is, but I'm here. I'm ready to go. Jesse. Jesse. Hey, hey, I told you not to start recording the pot. All right, I'm back. We're good. Oh, jeez. We're here. These are the jokes, people. You don't like them? Tough. Pay us more. I'm kidding. Please don't pay us. You get what you pay for here. (laughs) It's a free product. Okay, everybody here, we're here to encourage and strengthen the church to seize the faith. That's the goal. So We are here to do that, yes. Speaking of encouraging the church to seize the faith. Ooh. Segway? Yeah, because when, uh, when we talk about this on the podcast, we're talking about the church universal, those that who are in Christ, those that have received him as their savior, that are united through the brotherhood of Christ. But The Catholic Church. Yes, that's correct. The Catholic Church. That's what it means, the universal church. But what, what we're going to talk about tonight is get a little personal. Our episode tonight, episode 43, we're rocking through these episodes, is entitled, Let's Talk About Church, A Look Behind the Curtain. That's right. We thought we'd talk a little bit about our church and what we do, because you guys are so gracious. You listen, um, and I feel like you listen to two absolute nut jobs, because I don't know how to describe us anything other than... It's all we are. It's really all we are. And and yet, uh, and you, you, you're you constantly talking to us. You're talking to us on Instagram and on, on Facebook Messenger and... Uh, we thought it would be really appropriate to uh, kind of talk about why we do this and how it's it's unique to us, because I think we tend to operate uniquely in the scripture. It's probably not really unique, uh, so much as we operate uniquely in the scripture. That's not. I, I guess it didn't come out right. Oh, it didn't land. No. I mean, we <laughs> we're not going to furtic all over you guys. <laughs> no, we're, we'll... we're, we're going to land squarely in scripture. <laughs> yes, yes. What I uh, yes, that's correct. I meant we're a little different, a little bit. Yeah. But fully biblical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, fully we, biblical. We don't play loosey-goosey with the text here. Yeah, that's right. We but are. in our in our practicality, in the outpouring of the scripture and how we're... Our ministry philosophy and what it looks like in our locality. I like to say that we look weird because we try to remain as close to the scriptures as we can. I think that causes us to be a little weird looking. Sounds good. Yeah? Yeah. You can That landed? Yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like it did because you were really deep in thought there. You were thinking about what I was saying as if I was like, you're really looking at me like I'm a verdict right now. No, no, no. It's just your hair. <laughs> well, my hair is way better than his. So that's <laughs> true. He, he is way more jacked than you are. Well, the steroids will cause that to do you. I am God Almighty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Poor guy. Oh, All right. Geez. You know what? Move know on. What saying. Move on. He's like a dog. He's, know, he's like a dog? I, I was going to ask and then it just made me think Probably of Fauci's dog. That made me no. sad. No. <laughs> but, uh, Look, no, we're going to talk about say, church tonight. Gonna we're going to give you a little bit about uh, uh, how pop. we operate in church. I'm just going to ignore you with the beagle thing. I'm not even going to the <laughs> beagles. So Leave the beagles alone. Uh, it's the cutest dog. Really? Why? What's wrong with you? Yeah, for real. Like, I mean, what my the gosh. heck? They're beagles. <sighs> they literally they have the saddest eyes. They look up at you, and all they want you to do is love them. They just want to make you happy. Yeah, but instead, what do you got to do? You got to just go out, sedate them, rip out their vocal cords, and put their heads in bags. Yeah, Gosh, you know, and have infected it. sandflies eat them to death. That's Freaking not bad. Fauci. No big deal. What in the world? You know what? I was wondering. Biblically, I was thinking we could probably reinstitute stoning. 
Seriously. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. gosh, sometimes when I hear about these things, it just makes me, you know what? Everyone's that was like, bad oh enough. my gosh, the Bible's so brutal. It's so, you know, uh, out of date. And it, like, no, I think we should, you know, pr- I think throwing rocks at people is a great deterrent as like a punishment for doing bad things. Sounds good to me. Wow. We are way off topic. But we're just being Christian nationalists about it. Oh, yeah. Don't you throw out your buzzwords. Talk about a red herring. I was about to say, more like a red herring. <laughs> Talk about red herring. You guys red are cr- you're a Christian herring. nationalist. Oh, yes. Could you describe that to me? Or, even better yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. Boy, well, we have gotten... Wow. I, I apologize. All seriously, I apologize for him. We're going to talk about church. We're going to talk about our little expression of church here. We wanted to bring you into it because I think there's some things that could encourage you. And maybe if you heard a little bit about us, it would help you to understand why we're just so uh, off the wall. A little wacky over here. Oh, boy. Oh, just no. So we're going to break it down into two different two different topics. This is what we're going to talk to you about. We're going to talk to you about eldership, particularly the eldership here at our church. And we're going to speak to you about what we refer to as covenant family membership. That is the actual building of the family here, who, who is in the family, who is not in the family, and what that looks like. Um, and I think hopefully this can be an encouragement to you. I think what you'll probably pick up on is that there's there's great connections when it comes to Christian churches that have very, just a lot of similarities. I think there's also some distinctives. And I think every church has some distinctives that are probably great. And then I think there's distinctives that we might disagree on. Um, but I think that there is... Uh, you know, like... <laughs> Like the pastor saying that he's God from the pulpit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to disagree hard on that one. Real hard. But, I mean... You have to laugh. Guys. You have to laugh because it's just so gosh dang awful. I just waited for the walk back on that. Nope. And it, it oh, was, boy. It, it didn't come. No. Nope. You pulled a Trump. No walking back on that one, baby. Nope. Wildly unfortunate. So, anyway... Um, because there is there is uniformity, I think we can be we can have these distinctives and kind of celebrate them. So we thought, hey, who are these guys? What do they do? Well, you know a lot about us. I mean, we've talked about it several times. I drive a big brown truck for UPS and uh, deliver the packages. I do that. That's what I do. I am Santa Claus. I like to say that I'm Saint Nick because I like my uh, I like my legends to have smacked heretics in the face during you know biblical councils. That's what I like. If you don't know the story of Saint Nick, man, he's sm- <laughs> Little slappy. Smacked, oh yeah, make, make daddy happy. He smacked Darius right in the face. Other church fathers are like coming to his defense, like, no, he didn't mean it. He didn't. And he's over there, like, I sure as heck meant it. I do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Insult my lord, will you? I don't think so. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's not Advent season yet. Let's bring it in here. Tone it down. Oh, but it is coming. Oh, it's coming. I love Advent. All right, uh, as. As elderships, when we speak about it now, there's there's many distinctives inside of church leadership and church structure, um, and there's there's many different ways to do it that all follow a biblical format. Um, at our church, we have bivocational elders in a plurality, and we 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 even even operate in our eldership in a more familial way. In fact, yes, you speak of our elders as they them. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes a question. That's the plurality part. Yeah, they that's them. The plurality part. But then that would be the correct usage of the they yes, them. Yes, it would. That's actually how you. Any you other use, that. use of that for an individual is basically just like a demon. <laughs> Cast that into a herd of pigs. Why don't you? That's right. Is this? A, I am they. 
Like Legion? <laughs> oh no! Oh boy! Wait a second! I read this in a book somewhere. Oh no! Is there is there a herd of swine anywhere I can find? <laughs> Giant find, cliff, please. A herd please. of swine, and also literally, some of us are very much family in in like literal biological sense. So it's uh, it's very interesting. So we're going to talk about it. In case any of you think being related on, on our elder board makes for an easier time <laughs> leading a church, I would like to say some things are great, but let's just say when passion bubbles to the surface. It gets real thick fast. <laughs> yeah. I can think of like probably three or four other people from our church that would agree with me more than my brother does on <laughs> different things. It is true. But um, yet. Well, we... to be fair, my brother's not the smartest guy. So it is true. And I wish my brother was smarter, too. <laughs> I, know how, I, I was trying to think of something. Feeling the like, love. Like, yeah. All right. So the first thing we, would t- we thought we'd talk about here is the fact that at our church, we have four bivocational elders but it's not quite the accurate term really because when you hear about a bivocational elder you're assuming that there is an elder who works at a vocation that receives a pay and then also works at a vocation of the church and receives some pay kind of like a you know one one of the jobs is supplemental or either both jobs supplement them each other so that the pastor can create a living but that's not exactly what we mean what do we mean when we say bivocational elders we mean that there's <laughs> <laughs> wow. If, I feel like if people just saw what my eyes just did, they just like crossed. I worked last night. It's a, uh, all right. That's the reason. So uh, uh, our sense in bivocational simply we 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 are going to bifurcate the call versus the vocation. So we're actually single vocation. Uh, each one of us, we're, we're, we have a single vocation where we actually earn our uh, money, our income, our salaries. Uh, and then we have the call that God has placed on our lives and has affirmed uh, by our body um, uh, as elders. And that is, the, that is the call to the ministry <clears throat> to be under shepherds of Christ uh, in our locality. So we're not bivocational in that we take two paychecks from two separate places. Uh, we have our vocations. Uh, Justin's a UPS worker, uh, father's a landscaper, I'm a nurse, uh, Nathan is uh, working in social work, or uh, social services rather, um, so we, we all have our vocations, but we also all have our calls, and our calls is to uh, be under shepherds of Christ at Missio Day Church in Glassboro, New Jersey. What, what? G-Boro. Um, and it is, it is relatively unique, although I think... But I'm just through some of our interactions, it does seem to be happening a little more frequently where a pastor is working a job and also being a pastor and not receiving pay from the church. What happens? Yeah, we met we met several at the uh, at the G3s there. Yeah, it turns out one of the one of the best ways to create a very sustainable ministry and to remain a flexible church is to be a church in this function. Uh, well, y'all most... want y'all want to know the number one reason why churches fail within the first three years? Not if you're going to talk like that, actually. <laughs> you <don't>, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. You know, sometimes. Well, do you? <laughs> yes, do tell. Money. Yeah. Well, what most people don't understand about the finances of a church is that every dollar that that goes to a church is usually broken down along a seventy thirty. Uh, well, it, it fluctuates, but it, it, never have I ever heard of a, a 60-40 split, more than a 60-40 split. It's usually a 70-30 to 80-20 split. That is, $1 is broken down 
into guys, an guys, 80. He's got an associate's degree in math. you got to listen to this guy. More than that, I have a BS and BS, so you're ready for that. <laughs> Get ready. Um, <laughs> you totally ruined me, dude. Uh, an 80-20 split. Every dollar. Every dollar is, is broken really down into an 80-20 split. 80% of every dollar given to a church usually goes towards facilities and staff. That's usually what 80% of our dollar goes to with 20% of every dollar being able to go towards ministry. Wait, did you say 80-20 or 70-30? It's usually an 80-20-70-30. Those are the that's the options. Oh, either it's way, a, it's, it's a range great. of percentages. That's correct. It's not it's not great either way. So 70% of every dollar going towards facilities and staff and 20 30% of every dollar going towards ministry. Right. We're we would be essentially quite literally the opposite of that. We're much more of a 90-10 split where 90% of every dollar going into the church goes back out, can go back immediately out into ministry in some form, and 10% of every dollar goes towards back gen- costs. General, general costs. So like having insurance, um, rental, uh, those types of general types of the things. Various different accounts that we need to subscribe to to operate the back-end software. Sef- softwares, websites, the operations. We'll call it operations. Um, operational so so what we basically have is a church that's very flexible uh that's able to be um to meet ministry needs as they come uh to be generous uh and and just relatively lean um it's it's able to to adjust like a like a like a flyweight boxer it's on his feet fast and it's great um it's not I'm not saying it's again. When we're talking about this, we're, we're just giving you kind of what we do, um, but we're not saying that this is the way it has to be. Uh, but we have found it to be incredibly effective um, for doing ministry and and being a sustainable ministry force in our our community. Does that sound sound good so far? You, you with me, Jack? That guys? sounds. It, I mean, it sounds good so far. I mean, we've passed the three year mark. We're into year nine now. We planted in 2012. Yeah, most churches. Oh, we're coming up on. We're coming up on I was gonna say, the nine. Yeah, November is the nine. Remember, remember the fifth of November. The gunpowder riot and treason plot. Plot. Tre- there, tre- there, treason. There's an ot in there. The gunpowder treason and plot. I know for I can think of no reason the gunpowder treason should ever be forgotten. Yeah. Whatever, Guy Fawkes. We pick yeah. the worst people to make. Anyway, it's not. Need to rewatch uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, just remember that the real the, version. The arc <laughs> the archetypes in V for Vendetta are really reversed usually anyway so never mind it's either here or there i mean you know listen it's not a perfect film but honestly it's entertaining i think you can take whatever faction or entity it is and you know apply it to our current situation and boy does it seem eerily similar yeah except there's no fake christianity in the (laughs) in in our top anyway it's either here or there moving forward you knew what i meant Yes, I did know what you meant. I mean, I was just saying the archetypes are usually always reversed in those movies. So you look at yeah, yeah. You look at like uh, the Handmaiden's Tale. It's the archetypes are clearly the Handmaid's Tale. That's is that what I meant to say? Mm-hmm. Yep, it's clearly not. The archetypes are reversed. Anybody wants to ask the questions about that? We're find us on the socials. I've, I've seen <laughs> I'm moving people forward. dressing up as people from the Handmaid's Tale, and I, I've never seen it. I honestly don't know anything about it other than like. You know, hashtag. Well, again, Christians are the Christianity is the evil thing. Oh, usually. oh. When in reality, you could make a oh. much better argument that it's probably more along the lines of Islam would be much more cor- easier correlation. Or to like, wow. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't really know what you're actually correlating. Correlating what? 
I was I was correlate. It doesn't matter. You don't know that you don't know the story. So anyway, we're moving forward. Boy, you are right. I was going to say. <laughs> so we have as far as amount of people we have a, atheism still takes. Me, <laughs> oh, so. this wow! All right. <laughs> um, I didn't know how real we were getting with that. No, that's also very true. <laughs> the enslavement of women, subjugating them, that kind of a thing is definitely not necessarily. Although people want to say it's Christianity, that's not true. That's that's uh, quite not yeah, true. No, no, that's there we go. Fake news. Fake news. All right. So fake. so when we were able to operate that way, it does free the financial burdens up significantly of the church. It also allows us to be incredibly flexible should problems arise. Like say, I don't know, your building is like, hey, uh, it's a pandemic. We don't want you here anymore. It's a me, a <laughs> we pandemic. Can, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can easily flex and move and be... Um, be fluid where we meet, when we meet, how we meet. We're, 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 it's, it's, it's actually very helpful. Lots of these are very helpful. Yeah. But because we don't receive those, I mean, paychecks, also, it's, it's also helpful for existing. Correct. Yeah. It's, it's sustainability. So uh, we, we don't have the issues of the paychecks, rather. Or the um, mortgage at this point. Or the mortgage or right also now, yeah. for, for, for right now until, until God may move, which we're, we're very open to and praying about. So you can pray about that with us. Yeah, for jo- Day join with us. Um, we, we're able to operate as, vocational uh, members of society while taking the call into our vocations as well as being pastors with the call in our actual church body. Yeah. Um, it keeps one of the things that I think it's really, I really appreciate about, you know what? Let's not go too. Well, I guess we can just open up talking about it. Right. I see. Listen, our bullet points is literally like five points and yeah. none of them have any sub points. So, so we're talking I about this we because we go. We're talking about this because we know it pretty well. We've actually had this conversation a lot with many different people from different, um, well, sides of the track. Some people think that we're just in straight error for not paying the pastors uh, biblically, and they'll usually point to some of the the, the few passages that <laughs> I love. Some of the passages that where they're like, "Well, right here it clearly says in First Corinthians, you know, nine that we should not muzzle the ox, that we should be paying pastors." I'm like, "Oh yes, First Corinthians nine is that the same passage where Paul says he didn't take any money from the Corinthian churches?" Oh, it is. Oh, yes. In the same passage, he says, "Super awkward." <laughs> I don't work for you for money because the gospel is free of charge. It's just an interesting correlation. We literally pull on some passages that say, "Oh, pastors must we should pay our pastors," and I'm saying, "There's a lot of meaning behind double honor. There's a lot of meaning behind showing honor and worth, and a pastor actually um, finding uh, wages for his labor in the church that go beyond simply handing them a, a check for money." Yeah, like meeting needs, mm-hmm. caring well for them, mm-hmm. uh, faithfully fa- faithfully serving Christ. By the way, which Come is on now. probably the biggest payment you could ever give your pastor, maturing and growing in Christ. Just to be clear, what a great point. <sighs> also, I'll, I'll also point this out. Hashtag pastors appreciation month. <laughs> Don't get the, me started. I've got what, I've got lots of no things to no say no. Month. One of the things that we've also seen during uh, dram- spine month. One of the things you see dramatically so is sorry. that. Because churches, because pastors make the church their primary vocation or their sole mo- their sole vocation, and the only way in which they draw an income, you have we have a, we've seen this. It's it's something that is always always curious to me. The call has been something that is a call to the pastorship, where I believe in the scriptures. What you'll see is a geocentric call to churches. Um, you see a geocentric call as elders in a place called to be an elder of that place, much more so than you see a call of, ah, I have been called to the pastorate. I will go find a job now. That's that's not quite what you see Yeah, it's, it's like operating biblically. It's like, you know, Paul, you know, one day, one day, 
just on the missionary trail, Paul goes up to Timothy and be like, hey, why don't you go on down to Ephesus and raise up some elders? And that's how elders started. Well, more so, more <laughs> so, if we were to put it in our modern context, it would be Timothy like, hey, are you Paul? Yes, I am. I have been called to the ministry. Where shall I go now and be a elder? And Paul's like, what seminary did you go to? <laughs> don't, don't, no. Oh, okay. All just right. kidding. All right. Calm down, everybody. Gee whiz. Everybody's going to be like, oh, gosh, these guys are horrible. We are. You guys don't sound terrible. like that, first of all. You don't sound like that. Yeah. Um, well, again, one of the things we're saying, there's benefits that we've seen, and we're not saying this is prescriptive for everyone. We're not saying that. Um, but I would say that the benefits that we've seen are, are substantial. One of the issues we have inside of our Western church is we've created the attractional model of church where we call people to a building. Um, we, do not, we do not see as much the missional model of church where we're sending people out into mission, on mission actually, to make disciples and carry the gospel forward. One of the things that's caused is it's caused this vocational pastor conundrum where someone goes to seminary, gets their degree because they've been called to be a pastor, and then they take their credentials. Completely and, separate from the local church. Right? Yes. And then they go and take their credentials and find a place to be a pastor, usually basing that on where they feel they want to go or move or live and where they can find a job. Let's be honest. It's not like they're going to be millionaires, except for a few, <laughs> which we have questions about. Anyway. <clears throat> what, what Rhymes with <laughs> Kim Teller. I <laughs> <laughs> wasn't. I know. You I have don't even that. know his net worth. I, was, I know. I was more thinking. I was more thinking rhymes with Cole Bolstein, <laughs> or, <laughs> or or Jeff Oaks a dollar. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to do. Now I got to look up the net worth of Tim. Keller. Or or rhymes with C D Blake's. Or <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. All right, let's, let's stop. Let's calm down. Um, uh, one of the issues you have when a pastor is solely funded through his church. That's the only. I have location. no idea if this is true. This says ninety million dollars. That. You, no, nope. I'm going to reject that flat out right. And we're not doing this. Well, one million of that is for him being white. He said so himself. So <laughs> I'm not going down this driver trail. One of the benefits we've seen is that we are not burdened uh, by our desire, our need to provide for a family um, from the church. One of that means is it frees us up to actually teach a real and true gospel that the God, that God has given through his word. For example, if a pastor knows that 90% of his funding comes through three particular families in his church and they have a certain agenda, it can be very easy for them to be manipulative inside the church to, to address the needs, the, to address their needs as opposed to the church's needs in what is taught and the direction the church is going in, as opposed to the pastor being able to follow the call of God's word and his, leading and teaching and direction for the body of Christ, for the flock that he has been given to under shepherd. And that's a big problem. That's a huge problem. That's, that's, that's the sheep leading the shepherd as opposed to the shepherd leading the sheep. And that's, a pro- that, that's not what God calls us in a biblical model to. The other, part, the other portion of that is just the, simply the fear of offending anyone can cause a pastor to become incredibly timid at the word and not actually hold to what it says. We've seen this time and time again as churches have bowed towards the sin of partiality inside of their, their church structure just during this pandemic, or rather churches have bowed to whatever the government may be as opposed to leading boldly because they're afraid what people might think, and their sole source of income comes from the, the church. church. Yeah, yeah it, it, it does make you wonder. And I am not trying to judge anyone's motives here. But it does make one wonder. Is is perhaps the reason the American church is, is so sold out to the culture? Because they Did would you say biblically soft? 
Yes, you did. Just different words. Go ahead, carry on. Yeah, yeah, no. Yes, I do mean biblically soft. You know, it, it does make you wonder if they have chosen a a route of a, a a method of shepherding that relies them solely on the church so that they have no other practical or useful economic skills. And so their primary focus is is all of the I, I, I want I want to give everyone here the benefit of the doubt. The, the primary goal is the evangelism and reaching of people. But in order to do that, you must maintain a certain salary and you must maintain amount of people at church in order to make said certain salary or else the church falls apart and you lose your salary. This is problematic as far as a ministry situation goes, I think, you know, um, especially since when, when we're talking about the call to ministry, we're not talking about the call to the vocation of pastoral ministry. We're talking about a call to be an under shepherd of Christ for the local church. That's like a hashtag no matter what kind of thing, in my opinion. I mean, I mean, we literally, we literally, uh, one of our one of our friends that's uh, planning a church through a a larger you know church, a church is planning a church that has several campuses, yeah, organizations. But in their in their leadership team leadership training meetings, they they're basically going through a book that is how to be a good CEO of your business, and and he's like this wait. What is this exactly? Where's the Bible here? <laughs> uh, I mean, there's there's problems there. Now, to be a good CEO, you need to drive profits. <laughs> you need to turn out. You need to, you need to lead people effectively towards a bottom line, and that's not the call of the pastor uh, at all. Long ago, uh, being a pastor in a church, particularly in the times when we go to the Bible, often meant you would face intense persecution, nigh unto death. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. And this this is this is clearly so. One of the things this isn't is easy. I don't want to make this sound like it's easy. When I'm, this is actually quite hard. This is not the easy way to do church. Right. It's simple. It's simple. Difficult. It's simple, and it has tremendous benefits. But it is difficult um, because it's much cleaner and simpler to follow a model where the pastor is paid through the church's givings, um, and because the pastor is paid through the church's givings, we don't have to worry about the pastor, and he's there at our beck and call, and he's there to do what you know focus to fo- you know in i'm going to the most generous and charitable way to do it is to focus on the teaching and preaching of the word although it also comes with tremendous amounts of counseling now uh, the other the other thing is we don't stop doing those meetings we don't stop in being involved with people what we see is the fact that the call of god's word on every christian's life is to be working all the time for yeah. the kingdom it doesn't mm-hmm. matter um and i think Sometimes because a pastor that is in a soul vocation, a soul ministry vocation, um, loses some connectivity sometimes with that. Um, and, and because the work is the call, the, the idea that the call is work is different. <laughs> it's, no, this is my job as opposed to, no, no, the call is to work. And, and that's, that's everywhere all the time. So when I go to UPS, I'm still a pastor. But I'm also an employee of UPS, and I have uh, there's a, there's a real fraternity actually where I work. I love the guys where I work. You know, ma- management is always hard, and actually I have great managers. Amen. Immediately above me, I have great managers at at our at our center. But overall, you know, but the further you go up the chain, the more disconnected they are from the job. It's always more difficult. 
But as far as the drivers, it's it's guys that'll work hard and they'll work hard together, and and it's great. But I've had, you know, I'm, I'm able to have conversations because I'm a pastor. You know, usually I don't lead with, I am a pastor, <laughs> but <laughs> eventually when it comes out, you know, then that that's when somebody. It's funny because that's when somebody dramatically changes. Like <laughs> they drop whatever language they drop, and they say, "Oh, sorry." Reverend, <laughs> like, and I look at them and say, "Look, uh, you are I, forgiven, my child." I, no, I don't say that. <laughs> don't I say, say that. "Dude, you you know me. I'm I'm not saved because I'm perfect. I'm saved because I am imperfect." Uh, I've also gotten to have conversations with guys from work about their marriages, about their children. Uh, you know, next level types of conversations because they're willing to talk to me because of that. But I don't leave the call behind. I take the call to work yes. because the call is work. Uh, for every Christian, that's what we should all be doing, and it's nice because I think at our church we are we are able to maintain that reality as we go about. As Paul so frequently actually says, uh, actually slightly more than he ever says, a pastor should be paid. He says, "I worked when I was among you, so that the gospel could go forward in all things." Yeah, I mean it's it's and it's a beautiful example for the people in the congregation too, because there is not it completely removes any sort of barrier of of uh, I don't know time investment you know uh we have to when when we prepare to when we prepare to preach a sermon um you know you do most of the teaching but but when any of us prepare a sermon we do so among the the uh banalities of life um and great word jesse (laughs) um you know we we do so amidst our busy schedules amidst all of those things and and what a great reminder um for people to stay engaged in the word, to stay engaged in the studying of scripture throughout the week. There is this, there is no pedestal on which we stand that is not accessible or even expected of um, the, the members of the congregation because, because we are working, we are, we are, um, you know, our, our hands are to the plow uh, at the nine to five or the 7 PM to 7 AM, depending on who you are. Um, you know, so it, there's really no separation in terms of of how we can practically bear the gospel out in our lives, there's no real separation. There's no real oh well that's that my pastor will get that done because you know he's he sits and he gets done gets gets his office work done for the forty hours or he he's going to go visit that sick person or he's going to don't no 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 that is this is our church this is our sick person this is how are we going to meet their needs how are we going to make sure that we're in the word how am I going to make sure my family's in the word because we are all figuring this out and we are all implementing strategies and, and changing things and finding the best ways that works for, for our families to, to make sure that these spiritual disciplines that God has called us to get done. Um, you know, and, and it, it really just, it, it breaks down that, that pastor flock barrier in terms of practicality, not in, not in terms of authority or role or anything like that, but in terms of practicality, boots on the ground, um, gospel to the world type uh, things. Yeah, and the reality of the scriptures is that the church still does meet many needs for us, um, but it's in the same way that we would meet needs for them. We literally live together, and this will come in later as we look at what we talk about as covenant family, family membership at Monsieur Day Church. We we live life together. It's 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 one and together. So um, our church our churches have been. Our church has been generous to us individually and and as our, to our families in many different ways, and that's really I think what you see in the biblical model. Um, the 
we we look at wages and we we sign over a piece of paper that gets deposited into a bank account. But when the church looked at wages, they looked at providing for the needs of their pastor in in a biblical model in a biblical time frame. So, for example, when you see um, Christ send out the disciples and he tells them that if they find a house that will that will feed them and give them shelter, those are the needs. Those are the wages of that ministry that, and he told them to be content with it, with whatever, wherever they were able to find that with whatever it was. Don't go looking for a better, a better house. This house wasn't good enough. You didn't like what they served or there wasn't enough space for you, but rather to take your needs being met and rejoice. And I think, um, this is not to say that the church should not be doing that for its pastors. It should. And again, though, I will say one of the chief ways you can, um, you can actually show the wages of, what your pastor is doing and share the wages of him is to mature in Christ. And the funny part is the more you mature in Christ, the more you realize how generous you should be uh, to those in your, in your church family <laughs> every time, because it's part of the maturing in Christ process. Um, but, but I will, I will say that as a, as a pastor watching people mature, it, there's, there is no greater joy um, than, than to see people grow towards Christ um, in, in your church family as a pastor. Yeah, I mean it, it's just the same as with with our you know flesh and blood family. You know, when your when your child reaches a milestone, or when when uh, you know, I'm trying to think of I was I was about to try to make like a husband wife comparison that was not that was not going to land, and I just want to let everybody know in cases in case you I haven't... did not do that. But there, but in, in case you're unaware, Jesse worked last night. So <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it's this it's this sense of you, you you know what I'm talking about that type of celebration that you do. Uh, as a fa- <clears throat> excuse me, as a family, as your family's maturing and growing along together, it's that it's that same level of um, of of beauty and joy and rejoicing. Um, you know when when the congregants turn from sin, when when they uh, when they are in their reading scriptures more, and and you see the fruit bear out in their life. It it is it is, it is a rejoicing, a huge rejoicing. And comfort, but blessing beyond any any dollar amount, um, to to see people's lives just completely transformed for the sake of Jesus Christ, um, and and the you know by the power of the gospel uh, and the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing that we that we you know by God's grace get to revel in and and steward while we're here. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we could uh, we could go on and on and on about about that. Um, all night, but needless to say, um, you know, and, and honestly, there's, there's so much more to say truly. Yeah. And just to be clear, when we talk about my, when I mentioned Paul, I'm talking about, um, this is Paul in Thessalonians. This is Paul in Ephesians. This is Paul in Corinthians, Paul, where he went, um, that he, that he did not inherently take from the congregants that he went to, but rather labored alongside them as well. We do know um, that the Philippian church did minister to the needs. And in fact, all the churches did minister to the needs of Paul, but Paul did not inherently always run to taking from the churches. Rather, he was more concerned with the working of the gospel out. And then again, this is not to say that that this is the only model, because Paul very clearly does instruct that the church is to care for the needs of their pastors. Rather, this is to highlight how we operate in our in our church uh, and I can say safely that the church does, has has met many uh, needs over the years, um, but what they what they also receive is the fact that they're they're not 
they're sitting under the biblical instruction of God's word. And it's not going to be adulterated by any amount of money. The pulpit, yes. the pulpit is protected. Yeah. And, and we work as a family together. Yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. There's, there's no pressure. I mean, it's, it's so funny. It like, you know, you, sometimes you, you look and you see, and you, you know, you're talking to pastors and they, 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 they're telling you things. And it's like, I'm just so glad that those problems aren't my problems. And and I feel like a lot of, a lot of that is God's grace and provision for us in this weird, crazy experiment that, you know, we, we see in scripture, but that we're just actually implementing that nobody seems to be implementing. Yeah. I mean, I, and I do love it. It comes again, it comes with its own set of problems. Like trying to balance your time is, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot there to do your, your primary role as, as husband, your, your secondary role as father. Um, these things, these things take, take the bulk of your time. You also are, you also are a pastor. You also are a full-time employee. You, the, all these, all these schedules start to mingle together. So time is definitely hard. Um, but I think that's why we do share a lot of the burden together because we're forced to, which isn't necessarily always the case. Um, even at churches that have, um, plurality, our next point, have a plurality of elders, but they have, you know, two or three paid pastors and, and eight or so elders that are unpaid. You see, you see an obvious leaning towards those paid pastors to have to shoulder certain things that the other elders do not necessarily have to shoulder um, because they are the paid staff. But that's not the case here. We all have to shoulder. We all have to carry. Um, and so does the church body itself as well. So. Yeah, and that's kind of an indictment on American culture, right? We, we pay for something. We, exp- we have it, that, that it, it's... I mean, it's part of living in a capitalistic free market society. You, you, ex- you're exchanging goods, right? You're, I'm, I'm providing for this in some way, and I expect some things in return. But, but I, I would say even with a flock that's that is, you know, uh, paying a pastor, uh, whether it be, I'm sorry, uh, whether it be full time or part time or whatever, um, I, I do think that we need to uh, release. Um, kind of that not like not capitalistic idea but it's a service but industry it's, it's the service industry mentality right, that's what it right. is yeah we a service I'm is trying provided. to figure out a way to f- i pay this. for the service and i get the service right yeah um put, putting uh, materialistic <laughs> materialistic placing placing unbiblical expectations on your elders i think is is kind of where more where i'm landing at yeah absolutely and that's that's one of the things that's caused so much burnout in so many pastors over the years uh, because they're expected to shoulder things that um, that everyone should actually be sh- shouldering together, and maybe we'd have less fat sheep and fat shepherds if everyone was working together. We'd have a much leaner church, perhaps. I'll just yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've over the years we've talked to people and we've been in churches where the pastor's like, "Look, I'm putting in seventy, eighty hours of uh, of work every week. Like, I, I don't see my family, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, that model is broken. Like, something needs to be fixed." Like tear it down, rebuild it, and I would say very clearly those, that church is living is not living out the biblical model because that church might be paying their pastor, but they're not meeting the needs of their pastor, right? And so they've failed the scriptures. Ox muzzled. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we've we've labored we've we've labored this point. This is a laborious point, <laughs> um, but it is it, it's something that we're 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 pretty excited to talk about. Um, th- again, this is not there. There are certainly many churches that have have found the correct way to provide for their pastor 
and allow their pastor to lead freely in the scriptures. We know because we've spoken to them. Uh, we've interviewed some of them. That there's, it is perfectly, it is not, this is not the way it has to be. Um, we're just expressing some of the, the joys that we've found in it, although it is what I would say uh, perhaps more difficult in trying to balance other things. It's a trade-off. It's always, there's always a give and take in these types of conversations. Yeah. Um, the next thing we come to is something that I think has become much more, um, well, it's become widely accepted, although done differently. Uh, there's many different church models on how this runs, but the plurality of elders, there's more than one elder at our church because, well, every time the Bible says elder <laughs> referring to a church, it's in the plural. <laughs> It's raise you. up senior pastors at the church. And, uh, raise up your senior pastor and then offer him a board of deacons. Give him an assistant and an executive pastor. Do not forget the youth minister in his youth. <laughs> what, what, is, what, we're, what we're saying is there needs to be a plurality of leadership. We have a plurality of elders. We believe that that is the, the strongest biblical model. That is, again, not to say there's not biblical churches running in a in what is a board and and senior pastor model. They can be leading uh, and growing in a mature church. Uh, I'm not saying that they they are living in sin. I'm saying that I don't believe necessarily. Pers- I'm, right. I mean, well, we're all, we anyone can. I, that's neither here nor there. What I'm saying, what I am saying, can be made about anything. What I am saying is, is that we believe that there is a a more biblical model. And that's what we do. So, <laughs> the, so we have a plurality of elders. Um, what we're not going to get caught in the weeds here in is is when we talk about first first among equals, This the, the discussion that, that takes place in the scriptures there around that topic and that idea. Um, who would you say would be the, the lead elder at our church, Jesse? I feel like this is a trick question. I don't know. I mean, if I, if I had to I mean, pick... I, it really depends on what you mean by lead elder. Uh, it, it's so funny because we, we, we just don't all, we look all have at it different, that way. Yeah, we, we just all have different roles. Yeah, we really church. we really do not look at it that way. There's certainly no lead elder in terms of authority. And I think we lean on our eldest elder a lot. Yeah, definitely. As far as uh, as far as guidance and direction and and uh, it, it's funny because I feel like that frustrates him. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "Why are you guys? Why are you guys doing this?" Well, it's your fault. You've been you've been eldering for twenty five years. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah, dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean, we all have different roles, and the, the beauty is, is that our church gets to see that. Um, and when when they seek counsel, when they ask advice, when they have a different issue or or what have you, they they afford themselves to have the conversation with the elder who um, is is best able to meet. Or, or or come with them in in that journey and meeting that need. I mean, that's you know, like like for instance, I'm a bit more nerdy than some some of the some of you other guys. I mean, I I do I'm able to read more, so I do read more um, as far as like Bible study and tips and methods and stuff like that. Like I I can handle and field those questions and have those conversations, you know. But when it like if it comes to you know like what what do I do? Like I'm I'm downtrodden. I'm trying to work through this familial situation. Like you're a fantastic person to go to, Justin. And I mean, my our, next our, level counseling we usually pass off to eldest elder, our <laughs> eldest elder, John and uh, and then Nate. Nate. Nate is really good at seeking people out. Uh, his his missiology is 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 very helpful. Yeah, uh, and, and and if and, and if intent. you need someone to pray for you and pray for you consistently, and then 
berate you about uh, how that how that <laughs> that issue in, in your life is going. Not berate you. I just mean follow up with you. I believe um, it's the term that you're looking for is exhort. Exhort. <laughs> That's the <laughs> biblical term. Yes. Yes. Biblical words. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, and and that's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. What they don't have to do is say, ah, I will go to the counseling pastor now. Right. Yeah. That's not how, that's just not how it, it works. It's more so. like, I need counseling, which, you know, for what? <laughs> well, yeah. If, so, like, the majority of, the majority of, of my counseling is a random phone call that says, hey, I just had this conversation with this fill in the blank and it was about this topic and I said this and I was wondering if you could... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because I'm driving around all day. I have my earpiece in. I'm I'm actually usually... I'm usually pretty available to people uh, in that way. So uh, there's beautiful. just... Yeah, it, it really does... <laughs> again, easy? No. Uh, does it does it work uh, pretty effectively? Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, and... Our, our final point in talking about how how we look at people eldership. Are, uh, oh no, well, go ahead. Well, it, it's it's a matter of housekeeping. People, people. I feel like people always ask this. As far as like ratio, I mean, we're probably including children maxed out. We're probably at around fifty people. Yeah, we're not a huge church. Four, four elders for fifty people. Which, four unpaid elders for yeah. We we we're, we're we're looking actively to see because we've we've added some. We're we're all we're a lot of families right now. We are we are actually we're we're big into exponential growth. Um, and that is where two people come, and then they turn into four to six people, <laughs> and it, and we grow exponentially. Um, and and that is praise God for that. We, we are thankful, very thankful for that. Listen, um, we're just saying all, all you know, it, w- when you need to call in the archers, we got quivers. We got that's quivers right. with arrows in them. All right, yes, that's, that's all. Yes. That's all. Like arrows saying. in the hands of a warrior, blessed other man, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Um, so that is biblical. Um, the, one of the questions that does come up, though, I thought you were actually transitioning right, directly to this. No, I was one of the transitions you're. Well, if you transition, you could transition to this. One of the questions you do get asked is, so you and your brother and your dad are elders together, and I, I really do lump Nate largely into familial things. We've walked through so much family type things with Nate, and for so long, I've we, we grew. I he was he was my high school classmate. We've been. We've known each other a long time too. I, I, there's a lot of history uh, with our elder board together, living life together. How does that work? <laughs> What's that like? Uh, and I will say, there is an old adage that goes like this: absence makes the heart grow fonder, but closeness breeds contempt. <laughs> the point of the ad- <laughs> the the point of the adage is that um, one of the things that doesn't happen when we have an elder meeting is no one is afraid to say exactly what they th- what they're thinking it is a beautiful and terrifying thing <laughs> um we we i i think i mean it's expressed it everywhere but because of the closest of our church there's 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 no moment at which we are having a meeting of some kind where we can the passion bubble cannot be real close to the surface and we can have a very spirited discussion <laughs> on any myriad of things <laughs> to be talked about and What's great about that is the deference that has to happen. Mm. Uh, there has to be an understanding of deference. So, and you can't have deference without mutual respect. That's absolutely correct. So there are there are definitely times where I or Jesse or Nate or or uh, Elder John <laughs> come come to the table and they are they have an idea about the the topic we're talking about and the direction we should be going, but the other three are not are in unison in a different direction and we've seen deference deference offered saying that I do not agree with this but I trust you three men 
ex- explicitly with with the gospel call, and so I will I will defer to where you guys are seeing us being led. It's happened. Well, it happens pretty frequently, actually. All all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Very rarely is are we you. you you know what? That's not true. That's not true. We are we are mostly actually united. We're very unified. But when there is that those times, and I would say, you know, it, it, there's usually something once a once a, once a meeting almost, Maybe but like thirty percent of issues. Or... Yeah, where where one person is You're passionately thinking I mean... somebody different something differently, and defer defer deference is just there. It, that love and mutual respect deference is there, and that that tra- <laughs> that translates into the church as well, which is. Which is beautiful, yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, it it's it's actually really cool. So while it is what I would call a, a very strange dynamic, it is an awesome dynamic because it really the the ch- when 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 there is pushback, you know, one, it's coming in hot, it's coming in hot, <laughs> it's coming in hot, and two, it's coming from someone who loves you like a brother. Because they may literally be your brother, <laughs> and and it's yeah. com- it's coming from that direction, and that makes uh, that makes for uh, I think an inten- an intensity of y- unity that that is is almost unparalleled. Hard hard to beat, hard to beat. Amen. And we we love each other enough that we've all confronted each other on different things. You know, depending on what we need to. I mean, it's it truly is a beautiful thing. Um, our, our eldership, I absolutely love it. We have had extremely dark times and dark moments. You know, this is not all puppies and kittens and rainbows. Nope. Gosh dang it, Dr. Fauci. Every time I say puppy, it's always in my head. I have post-traumatic stress. You will not get rid of those images. I just oh, will say that. Anyway. Um, Thank goodness there weren't images of the, uh, you know, baby scalps that were put onto the mice. That's a great thing that there were images for that because then then someone may be stoning him. I'm oh just saying. Yeah, but that came out weeks ago, but nobody talked about that. I mean, yeah, nobody covered that not one. Covered on mainstream oh, media or you know. social media or any kind of media. Yeah. You know where I saw that? Gab. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, they, they, cuz you know, people can say things over there. Boy can they. And not get no algorithms silenced. Just facts. <laughs> um anyway, uh follow us on gab.com at carpe fide. <laughs> anyway, um, we there. We everywhere. We there. Yeah, right. <laughs> not on TikTok, but that's communist. So yeah, so we, we we can't participate. We don't in like good we don't like China, sorry. Um I mean I like I don't like communist China. Yeah, I don't like communism. I'm sorry, that was bad. I didn't mean that. I like I I are you walking this back like the NBA right now? No, I just want to say like <laughs> Steve Lee, love you. I'm just trying to think of people that I want to make sure like that. Y- y'all know me. That's not what I meant to say. Oh my god! I know you know what I meant to say. This is getting worse, <laughs> man. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about. So well, I, I we're, think we're. I think we. Yeah, think no, we we've, we've nailed eldership. We've slapped plurality. We we, we we've slapped family. We're good. Yeah, we did. Yep. So we uh, do slap family. We do. <laughs> I'm going to slap you right now. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this way it goes. Uh, But yeah, so... Speaking uh, of family. Yeah, the other other aspect that I think, uh, well, that that we really, really love and hold dear to our hearts um, is uh, kind of the the way that we hold each other accountable. Uh, We call that covenant family membership um, at Missio Day Church. Yeah, one of the interesting things to check out in the scriptures is the transition from Acts to the Epistles. What you'll find interesting is is the decreasing the the ever present use of the word disciple in Acts, 
and the transition when you, when the suddenly we're writing letters to the churches, a deep transition into the terms brothers, uh, brothers in in the epistles, the family connection. So we see we see church essentially in the scriptures having familial ties. Um, the church is one of the main descriptions of it is as a family, uh, and so we believe. Well, well, we love the family. <laughs> yeah, we love all the family uh, that God has instituted, and one of the main ways to look at church in is that family. Yeah, and and the the primary way that you enter, I mean, at least the the primary biblical way that you would enter into um, some type of commitment with somebody is through the use of covenants. I mean, our God is a our God is a covenantal God. He. Sorry. That's not the song, but uh, it through, is true. Yes, uh, God, God <laughs> he is, is an awesome God <laughs> and covenantal. God establishes uh, commitments in, in in relationship, in covenantal relationships, all throughout Scripture. This is unavoidable and undeniable, uh, and so we we use um, that language for our um, our people, our congregation, our members at Missio Day Church. And so fact, we call them covenant family. Members. It all comes together. The word member, I think, honestly, we utilize mostly because that's how people understand, like, becoming connected to things. Um, but it's it's not uh, – people hear the word membership, I think, they get freaked out. But you, what should really freak you out is the idea of being in covenant <laughs> and being in a family <laughs> far more than being a member. I mean, shoot, you quit your, you can quit your gym anytime you want. That's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah. You missed the other two words. <laughs> You're well, getting bent out of shape on the one word. Let's – yeah. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 not a com- it's not a completely modern word. I mean, you know, we we have this idea of membership when we talk about um, or when when the epistles talk about um, the analogy with the body. You know, many yep. members, members one, but body. one body. That's correct. Um, and so it's it's not a completely detached concept to have. No, it implies a presence and connection. Yeah, that's what it implies. In fact, it, we, um, good. Well, I was just going to say, like when and when we're when we look at the lo- local churches in the New Testament, um, these local churches were clearly identified and demarcated. You know, for instance, Ephesians, Corinthians, uh, Galatians. Um, you know, these epistles written to different localities. Philippians and the, and the churches there. Hebrews. Wait. Oh. Revelations. <laughs> we're just now we're just <laughs> now we're just quoting books of the New Testament. <laughs> First and second Maccabees. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Red flags. (laughs) 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 All right, Verdict. Get get the Verdict out of here. Get the Verdict out of here. Oh, my gosh. We are going to get... Christians don't like us anymore. Um, All right. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, no, no, no. But, but, you know, so there could be some pushback to this membership idea, to this this commitment to a local church. Um, And I would say, you know, probably Paul didn't think that way. the apostles probably didn't think that way when they were leading the church at Jerusalem. I feel like they probably knew who the church at Jerusalem was. Yeah. And there were, you know, kind of demarcations between who the church at Jerusalem was and who the church at Philippi, whatever town is next to Jerusalem was. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's other aspects of it also, depending on apparently how you think about church discipline, which I am learning there are multiple views of, um, you know, you, you can't actually practice church discipline if you don't know who is in your church. One of the things um, I think we should all be able to agree on is the fact that the church... Did you just call me Juan? No, the church needs 
to be disciplined. <laughs> yes, the church needs to be. Yes, we need to be disciplined and also See Paul to discipline. First and Second Corinthians. Yes, uh, one of the. Well, all right, so them silly. <laughs> so going going relatively in order here, the first idea being covenant. Covenant is. Thank you for pulling. Us, <laughs> no for worries. It's the expre- it's the way we can express. Um, <laughs> It's the way we can express our intent and commitment to one another is through covenant. That's how God expresses his uh, commitment to us, and we are to express our commitment to him. Yeah. It's how we, it's it's almost it's literally mapped out biblically in every relationship. Um, when you think about a marriage, it is a covenant, right? God, when he sought to make a covenant, he made it himself with someone else, like the new covenant in Christ's blood under which we live. We live under Christ's blood it was a covenant god made with us for salvation and this is this goes back to the adamic covenant the noahic covenant the abrahamic covenant he made covenant after covenant after covenant um because he made a commitment and that's what we see uh, the church body as it's a commitment together in covenant so we have a covenant document we we we're, we try to be pretty express what that means when you are in covenant member, covenant membership, covenant family membership with yeah. us. The terms, what what we're going to hold you accountable to, and what you're going to hold us accountable to. Correct. Us meaning like other members of the, the, the of the covenant, yeah, other of the, covenant, of the covenant, covenant family. family. Yeah. Yep. And it's uh, <clears throat> it's it's by way that the idea of being members and covenantal they're they're very much linked it's the level of commitment and connection you have so the expectation to be committed to the church is essential in the covenant you are present you have to be present with the church you have to be seeking the church out actively engaged in the church uh church church is not there there's no such thing as complacent christianity it's it's not real if you are being a complacent christian i would challenge you right now find where that is your call in the scripture. Find it anywhere, anywhere in the scripture. I thought you were going to say repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> well, yeah, after you search and you can't find it, then repent and believe the gospel. <laughs> yeah. No, I looked and looked and looked and I couldn't find any complacent Christians that weren't being, you know, under discipline. <laughs> right? And that's the, that's, that's, that's the truth of what God's call is on our lives. Yeah, we, we can't be the grasshoppers in a bug's life. We can't come eat come and Come and we eat and we leave. That is not Christianity. We're we come and take that. communion and leave. We come take communion and leave. <laughs> no. Stop taking communion. I'm concerned about what you believe. I just yeah. All right. All right. There's, yeah. No, wait, oh, man. You, nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm just I'm, saying. I know. I, like, I know. I we're like walking in a whole one. lots of things there. I, yeah. I like that one. Did you? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows. Like four people know what we're talking about. Nobody knows what um, we're saying. But yeah. No, I, I really like, I really like the, the grass, the, the grasshopper analogy from, uh, from a bug's life because that's, that is literally, it's, it oh, is it's how we treat it. It's how we treat it. It's. It's what our shepherd. It's what shepherds allow it to be. Um, you know, particularly if if people are giving generously, they will allow them to continue in sin. They will not confront the sin because they do not want to lose streams of revenue, which is gosh dang probably close unto evil. Um, oh. So, but anyway, um, I don't want to go backwards in the outline here. Yeah, you're definitely going backwards. But, but they, yeah, so but you see how these points are. These things are interconnected. Yeah. So I mean, as far as the covenant aspect, I mean we we have a we have a packet that outlines um, our beliefs, um, that outlines the expectations of what being in the covenant mean both for them and for us. Um, you know, we we have a meeting uh, with with an elder or several elders with that 
uh, individual or family that wants to that wants to come in. We go over all that. We answer any questions. There's a whole book to read. Yeah. Baptism. Uh, there's a whole bunch of there's some yeah. things. You and know, then, there's some there's some ways to enter into covenant. And, and then, then finally, all four elders come around that person and place their hand under their thigh. And give them a holy kiss. We we we, we divide we divide eight animals in half and walk betwixt them. Yes, just as just as Abraham did of old. Oh man, remember that one person that slipped in the blood? Oh, oh man, bad. it was what, a mess. What a mess! We had to up our insurance after that one. Oh yeah, the hepatitis was real. <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't do that. That's gross. <laughs> That's icky. Oh, so icky. Oh my gosh! Don't although, do that. You although if we had the sacrificial system, we all might understand what our sin costs us just a bit more than we treat it nowadays. I mean, heck, if we just had stoning people, I feel. Like <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Um, by the way, neither, that right back neither of those things are in our covenant. Just to be clear, uh, we're, just, <laughs> we're just we're just making. Yeah, these are anecdotal <laughs> comments. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, when when we get to family, I mean, it's a beautiful thing because we we do have so many families uh, there. I mean, among the eldership. And and, and, you know, growing families, we've got like, I don't know, a bunch of people that are pregnant, not, not people, a bunch of ladies that are pregnant. Thank you. Cause there's only one type of person that can get pregnant. Yep. And it's, it's a woman. It's a got woman. it. And yep. thank God only for that. One. Boy, there's thank no, God. I feel bad that they should carry that burden, but at the same there time, no... I'm not upset about it as a man. No pregnant men. No, nope, turns out man. anybody that's alive came through the. That's an oxymoron, and you are too, if you think that. So, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but no, but but the family aspect. I mean, um, you know, I, I have no idea where I was going with that. I need I need you to help me. Okay, I don't exactly. I my, my brain. Completely I think I lost. Bad. I think I lost it too. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's probably my fault. Um, it's late. But I mean, moving to family. It's really. That's it's a good segue. So the the familial. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. <laughs> no, absolutely, you did a great job. Uh, the familial the familial aspect is essential. So we have me. so whether whether it be um, someone who is unmarried in the church, someone who is married in the church, someone who's married with kids in the church, the familial aspect comes into play because we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, and that is expressly communicated throughout the New Testament uh, that we are to treat each other as family. In fact, if you do not love one another, speaking specifically of the church. And how can you say you love God? Somebody somebody said that. I think his name was John. Whoa. Yeah, he said that. You know, John the Beloved, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the disciple whom he charged with the care of his mother once he was gone. Yes, that one. That's the John. And he said, if you don't love the church, you don't love me. That's rough, right? That's what he said. He said, if you don't love the church, then you don't love Christ. So get your, get your mind right. So this familial connection is is essential for a church to know and live and understand and operate in the gospel as a community. Uh, so we treat when, when we treat the children of families as the children of all the family. We treat each other as brother and sister. It allows us because of the familial connection. Yeah, things can get passionate at times, but you know what else? The honesty and love over sin can be very real. Uh, the the reconciliation is is needed and deep when there is wrong. And so that reconciliation becomes a beautiful thing. Why? Because we live as family together. Now, it's not some sort of weird hippie commune. Uh, it's people expressly living lives together. It's people having questions and, and concerns and issues and walking through those things together as brothers and sisters. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the first reply when someone has a problem with someone or something is, did you talk to them about it? Because that's what family does. Yeah. So as elders, we're not looking. We're not. We're not actually just media. We're not just some sort of intermediary. Like like we're trying to 
reconcile everyone together. No, much more, much more so we're encouraging people to hold each other accountable. If something happened, okay, I can listen to your problem. I can't answer you on a problem. One, you're one person in front of me. And the scripture tells me it is unwise to hear to <laughs> a person said, Oh, one side seems right to a man until you've heard the other. And you hear and, that keyboard warriors. Yeah. So, so I we don't, know you do. I know you don't care, but <laughs> we don't do that. We say, Wow, you're right. It does seem like you have you really have some things to talk through here. I think you guys should should be getting together. You you have you reached out to them? Have you communicated these this hurt you're feeling? Have you communicated it? Because it's quite possible it was completely unintentional. I didn't even know you need to walk through this together. Oh, you and me, we walk into those traps all the time. Oh boy, do we the unintentional? Now I made someone cry. Traps. Yeah, that happens. You know what? Mm. Oh, it happens. It happens hard. I, it's not pretty. I find myself having to repent regularly to my church family and. And I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm. I'm. I'm glad that disqualified. I right. No. Let to be clear. I repent to my church family. The whole idea is to repent. It's the unrepentance that becomes a real issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, that's when you start getting to talk about church discipline. And uh, yep, um, we walked right back into that, didn't we? Anyway, uh, uh, yeah. One might say it's slightly. It's lightly essential. <laughs> Mild essentiality um, factor. Th- th- so the familial aspect actually breeds a depth to to God's body, and that's why he intentionally communicates it that way. That's why we are seen as joint heirs, united to God through yes. the blood of Christ. It is a family, and we should treat it in a way that... So we should not be more feel more fraternity with the people we watch football with on Sunday oh. than we do with the people of God's oh, body. We should not boy. feel more fraternity with the podcasts we listen to than we do with the, the local body that we are committed members of. Oh, we shouldn't... Ho- ho- hold on one second. Yeah, that that was Virgil. He he said that was so nice. I feel like we should try to say that twice. <laughs> oh, no. Then put, quickly rewind the recording and play yeah. it again. No, we, we should <laughs> we are not, not DVRs, feel... <laughs> people. We can't do that. <laughs> we but should you not can, feel you fraternity more so with the people we watch football with on Sunday than the church family. We should not feel more fraternity with the groups we're connected to on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter than we are with the church family. Yes. This is the this is this is one of the problems with the church. The reason the slay, churches are Pastor, so slay. <laughs> <laughs> slay queen. The reason we, the reason we are such such weak churches is because we're not sharpening each other in the word. Because we don't treat each other like family. We treat each other as acquaintances that we see on Sunday at this club that we pay money to be a, a member of, and that's not that's not what it is at all. Um, also, just to be clear, like. The family and the covenant both go together to understand the term membership. If I'm in covenant with you, then I have responsibility to you. If you are part of my family, I have responsibility to you. But you know what's funny? I'm not actually responsible, Jesse, for your children because your children are your children. And you're not responsible for my children because my children are my children. Now, we may love and care for each other's children. But at the end of the day, you're your children's father. You're not my children's father. And I'm my children's father. You're not my children's father. So because we have covenant... And we both said, amen. amen. Because because we have covenant family together, membership is quite obvious. There are people that are clearly delineated as in this covenant family. And there are people that are not in this covenant family. And that does not mean we do not love people outside the covenant family. But that sure as heck means we love very uniquely the people inside the covenant family with a specific and intense love that is clearly identified. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. yes. Um, so that's 
that's a little bit about us. In fact, perhaps that's more than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I don't see any more points here. Did we cover everything? We covered everything. Oh my gosh! I, I, I do want to wrap up with just just a, a couple things. Yes, please do. If you don't mind, I don't mind. I was thinking about this as you were talking. I'm glad. Soliloquizing. Soliloquizing. That's a lot of wordage. I do love that word, though. I do love the word soliloquy. I think that that's a a fantastic word. It's beautiful. Anyway, but I think I just made up that other word that I said. Soliloquizing? Yes, it does sound slightly made up. (laughs) Lightly. There's something lightly fictional about that word. Uh, I really do want to look it up. Hold on. I don't even know how to spell it. You can't do it. Can't do it. Soliloquizing. There's probably a Q in there somewhere. Oh, there definitely is. And a Z as well. And a Z, definitely. Um... (laughs) I do want to say this, um, that we absolutely uh, love the people of Mr. Day Church. And, you know, like we, we, we've said this before, but we are, we are local church guys. Um, and we are, we will say that loud and proud. Um, the Lord has blessed us uh, with this podcast. The Lord has blessed us with friends in faraway places in Canada and we were just chatting with somebody from Australia, Australia. this week. So that one, that's where that one listen from Australia is coming from every week. <laughs> and whoever, whoever, whoever is is in China, we're assuming it's a VPN that's bouncing off of China. But if whoever you are, we you love you. A VPN through China. I don't know, but it seems random. But we we see you, we see you on the map, and we we love you. Yeah. But that is different <laughs> than the familial relationship we have with our church family. Yeah. And I mean, and on our church, our church family has has been so gracious to us and supporting us. I mean, any of you that we met at G three met, you know, several members of our church there that were just, you know, going above and beyond anything uh, that we ever could have asked as far as helping us set that awesome booth up. Um, you know, as far as getting the shirts into your hands, as far as telling people about um, the pastors and our friends in Canada. I mean, our, our church family has walked every um, every path that we've been on as far as prayer and support and the stories. Um, we don't know something that our church family doesn't know, and we share everything with them. Um, and they are just as committed as we are to praying and supporting um, all, all of the Canadian churches that we interact with, um, we, we tell them stories as in our private chats and just funny things and share pictures and uh, and they are they are fierce warriors to support that that work that um, that you guys are doing up there. So if if you are listening uh, and you are in the Canadas, um, it's not just me and Justin. It's it is an it is a a small town church, but we are a fierce army. Um, standing up for for you guys and for praying for you guys regularly. So I just I did just want to say that because our our people are are second to none. I think. Amen. I, I will gladly go. You you've said it before. We would gladly go to the gates of hell and back with these people. Amen. Absolutely, it's one hundred percent true. Um, there's there's something like we. I I want you to clearly hear this. What we're encouraging you to is to find this not not doesn't have to be this exact setup of a church but you need to find a church and become in covenant with that church and you need to be diving in and encouraging that pastor and working in that body we're saying this because we are local church guys this is not your church this is a podcast to encourage you to be in your church yeah we talk about cultural things sometimes we talk about biblical things sometimes we 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 are always going to focus on the fact that that Christ is sovereign 
and we're always going to point you in the direction of God's word. This is a resource for you to be actively in a local church body. That's the goal. And you can be an active and engaged person in the culture in your church body. And that's what we have in spades. We don't need a, a, a God did it with 12. He started with 12. <laughs> then that fell to 11. They added another 12. And then God multiplied his church. <laughs> little hiccup. <laughs> recover, recover. <laughs> yes, yes. One's bowels did spill upon the rocks. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Um, hey, guys, I really feel like we should just have 12. Can we just add another one back? <laughs> Give me the umum and the thurman. Thuma, thurman. Thurman? Thurman. Thurman. Thur- I always say that you know the rocks you know the casting of lots and whatnot so what I'm (laughs) what I'm saying is be an active member of a church be encouraged in this that there that you need a biblically based church led by men that are going to stand on the word you need to support them and grow under them right or or may I dare say you need to be one of them you need to if you are if you're a pastor you need to be that pastor leading biblically and leading strongly and not being ashamed of what God's word has called you to do with his word and speak it and preach it and teach it yes and yes and whether you have whether you're a church of a thousand or you're a church of 50 that's not that's not the point the point is are you doing what God has called you to in his word Mm. are you committed are you engaged are you reading? Are you growing? Yeah. Amen. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is always the goal. Um, you know what I just found out? Interesting enough, when we were ta- that, as we were talking about the whole bivocational thing, mm-hmm. remember that mm. remember that episode of the uh, equally equally yoked podcast that we listened to? Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, I found out that he's a bivocational pastor too. Oh, hey, Super I'm telling cool. you, shout Bi- out Bibo's out there. Yeah, equally yoked podcast. Uh, they're doing some cool stuff. Love those guys. It was so very, very nice to preview their episode one, and you should definitely go check it out because I do believe it is live. Equally yoked, not unequally yoked. Equally, <laughs> yeah. Yoked. We, we don't do the unequal. <laughs> uh, so you can actually follow them at theequalyoke.com or not dot com on Instagram. <laughs> on Instagram. dot <laughs> uh, <laughs> com. Dot com. Don't go there. We don't know what that website is. There's always questions. There's, Everything's weird yeah. on the internet. Whenever, Just whenever be you add cautious. yoke in there, it's uh, be cautious. You know. What you cl- what you what you type? I'm just saying. Man, we uh, I was trying to be kind, and I feel like I ruined everything. About no, you their didn't. Beautiful the, podcast. No, the equal yoke. Followed on followed on the instas. There you go. Um, you know, Jesse. You know what you said? You said what one of the I things. Say? You just said one of the things that we need is to be faithful. And as we culminate the end of this this podcast, I can think of nothing better to say than seize the faith. faith.